Uh, shall we pray as we start? Heavenly Father, we thank you that these songs written thousands of years ago speak to us today as your people. And so we pray that by your spirit, you would be speaking to each one of us as our heads and our hearts need. You know us better than we know ourselves, Heavenly Father. So please be at work in each of us according to what you know that we need. Amen. Amen. Put the pictures out behind me, Tim. Well, you're into the hardest part of the journey now. It's day four of your trek. And tomorrow you'll reach your goal. But today, today, it's hard. The road, well, actually now it's just a path a few feet wide, is climbing steeply and then clinging to the sides of the mountains that loom up ahead and around you. And you can't see far ahead. You, you can't see far ahead because of the hills. And that means that what you can't see ahead of you is your destination the city of Jerusalem, the city of God, the most glorious place in the world. In a few days, you'll be there at the festival and you'll get to go and stand in the temple courts and you'll be able to worship just a few dozen yards from the most special place on earth, the place where God dwells most fully of any place in the world. Soon, You'll be the closest to God that it's possible for anyone to get. And you'll know the joy of the festival. You'll know the joy of feeling like you're home in some deep way that you can't quite explain. You'll know the joy of being surrounded by the joy of others. You'll know the joy of being so close to the living God. That's what's ahead of you. Behind you lies your village. You and your family and the rest of your group left it several days ago. You left your comfortable bed, though you try not to think about that. You left the shade that is available there from the midday sun, though you try not to think about that. You left some of your friends who decided not to travel with you for this great festival of God's people. You try not to think about what you'd be doing back home if you hadn't decided to walk this dusty, narrow, baked hot path. And then you wish that you had actually kept thinking about home because now you're lifting your eyes to the mountains that are around you, the Judean hills that circle the northern and western side of Jerusalem and which you're going to need to walk to get there. And as you lift your eyes up and you start thinking about the mountains, you see, is that, is that a shadow or a person up above you? behind those rocks. They're on the tree line. Are those trees or, or are they people? And your mind says, robbers, bandits, because that's who lives in these mountains. They're full of robbers, especially at pilgrim time. You're so close to God's city, but right now you feel very far from God's city. And if those bandits Swarm down the hillside. Where's your help going to come from? You grip your staff a bit tighter, though you know it will be of no use if they come. And you lift your eyes again. Are those rocks or are those robbers? And the panic wells up in you and the what ifs crowd in on you. 
and then, and then you keep lifting your eyes up above the tree line, up above the peaks, up above the sun that's beating down. You lift your eyes and you sing. I lift up my eyes to the hills from where cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And you feel better. And so you start to sing it again because you're singing the old pilgrim song. And you wonder how many other thousands of pilgrims have felt like you about the danger in these hills. And then they sung those lines from the old song of ascents, the song for pilgrims climbing up to Jerusalem. And you smile because the God whose house you're walking towards is the maker of everything, including these hills. And nothing in creation can defeat the one who made creation. And it's not that the danger hasn't passed. It's just that now you know that God is here. And just at that moment, as you smile, you almost slip on the path. And you look down and the path is particular, particularly narrow here. And your group's having to walk single file and it's precarious. And you think, well, never mind the robbers from above. One slip here will send me plummeting far below and you start to feel panicky again. But then you think of the God who made heaven and earth. He who made the stars can keep your foot from tripping. He who made the mountains can keep you on this path. He who rescued your ancestors through the sea can guide you through these mountains. And you walk on carefully, but a bit more confidently. And then rounding the side of the hill that you're on, you, you come out into the full glare of the sun. It's midday. Your water has run out. Your throat feels like sandpaper. It's hot. It's too hot. But then, then somehow it feels okay, even though it doesn't feel different. And you smile and remind yourself that the God who made the sun is the God who can give you sufficient respite from the sun so that you can keep going. And so that's what you do. You put one foot in front of the other again and again and again. You can't see Jerusalem, but you know it's there. And you know that the one you're walking towards is the one who is higher than the mountains and is the one who's helping you on the road. He's keeping you. He's keeping you going, keeping you going until you reach the glorious city. And it's still dangerous. And it's still narrow. And it's still hot. But you smile. This is the way of the pilgrim. This song that we call Psalm 121 is a psalm of a sense. That is, it is capturing in song, rather more eloquently and tunefully than I did earlier, the emotions of the journey that I've been describing. It's a song for pilgrims walking up to Jerusalem, Old Testament Jerusalem, for a festival. The psalm before it, Psalm 120, it's worth reading later when you get home. That's the pilgrim song detailing why the pilgrim cannot just stay at home, why they must make the journey. And Psalm 122 is the song of the pilgrim who's reached Jerusalem. 
And it's a psalm of great joy because no pilgrim surrounded with the festival standing meters from the presence of God, no pilgrim ever thought that the effort of the journey wasn't worth it. The delights of the endpoints always outweighed the difficulties of the path for the pilgrim. But Psalm 121, well, that comes before 122. And that's a song for the difficulties on the journey. And if you today are a follower of the Lord Jesus, of the God who created everything, then the way of the pilgrim is your way too. Because ahead of you lies the new Jerusalem, the city that Jesus will one day bring to this earth when he returns and where all his people will dwell forever. The city that the 8th century BC Jerusalem that we've been imagining our imaginary pilgrim walking towards was only ever a glimpse of the glory of. Because there in the new Jerusalem, you will not stand near God, separated from him by a wall and a thick curtain. No, you will stand with God and see him face to face. There in the new Jerusalem, God will dwell with his people and God will dry all the tears that their journey caused. And there will be no more mourning or crying or pain or even death. There you will smile like you've never smiled before. Your heart will leap as it's never leapt before, and you'll worship the one who made you and kept you until you reached home, home with him. Ahead of us is the new Jerusalem. Behind us lies the comforts of this world, the home that you could have remained in. You, you could have had an easier life. You could have had more money and seen more places. You could have had fewer cares, fewer burdens. You could have taken fewer risks. You, you could have lived like everyone else in this world. But you haven't chosen that. You heard the call of God. By faith, you saw that there is a greater city coming and that this world cannot last. And you realised that you were made to enjoy God forever and that you'd never be truly satisfied until you saw him. And so you left home, as it were, and you committed to spend your life walking to him, to your real home. So ahead of us, the new Jerusalem. Behind us, the comfort of home in this world that we've left. Around us, right now, the rocky path through the mountains. It's hard, this Christian walk. We're not home yet. Perhaps life is feeling particularly hard for you at the moment. The God who decided to ring his ancient city with mountains through which his people must walk has, for whatever reason, decided that right now your path must be steep and narrow. And maybe sometimes you look at everything that's being thrown at you by life and you look at your own strength and you wonder what God is doing. And you wonder whether you want to keep going. You wonder whether you can keep going. Well, the hard and scary times are the times that Psalm 121 is for. It teaches us what to know. It teaches us what to sing when the path is hard. So if your walk is faltering, or if it's joyless this morning, perhaps it's one or more of the truths in this psalm that your head and your heart need to remember and enjoy today.
And if the path is fine for you right now, well, know that it will get steep sooner or later. So store up these treasures for when the journey's come. And before we start to enjoy them, let me say, if you're here and you're not a Christian, well, we're so glad you're here. Thank you for coming. Perhaps this morning, you could see the next 15 minutes or so as an invitation to join this hard path, to know this amazing God, to walk towards this eternal destination. Because here are the truths for us if we're Christians here this morning. Number one, you have a helper. And your helper is the divine maker of everything. God describes himself in this psalm as our helper. The word here is actually the same one in the, in the original Hebrew used of the woman with regard to the first man in the Garden of Eden. When God says, it is not good for the man to be alone, I will make a helper suitable for him. Just as the man needed the woman, and just as the woman was exactly fitted right to provide what the man needed and lacked, so we all need God. And God is exactly able to bring us what we need. By the way, as an aside, this word helper being used here to describe God should probably elevate our view of what God is saying about the woman in Genesis 2. But that's an aside. Here in Psalm 121, we're being told that there is no help that you need that God cannot give. Second great truth, this God who is supreme over every mountain is also intimately involved with you in your life. He is watching over your every step. He knows, in the language of this psalm, your temperature, physically, but also emotionally and spiritually. He, he's not just the God who is out there above you. He's the God who's right here with you. He's big enough to help in all circumstances and close enough to help in all circumstances. Third truth this psalm teaches us, God doesn't sleep. He doesn't even doze. Now sleep is intrinsic to humanity. Without it, we go mad. That's because we are dependent creatures. We can't just keep going in our own strength. We need a whole heap of things, including sleep. God doesn't. God doesn't need anything. He is the entirely self-sufficient creator. He doesn't rely on anything outside of himself. See, we often think, I think, of God as being a sort of a slightly bigger, slightly better version of us. But that's not who God is. God is utterly different from us. And one of the ways that he's utterly different from us is that he doesn't need anything. And that means that he's never caught napping. He never goes off duty. He never needs to take a holiday. He never needs to sleep. And that means that there's never a moment when he's not there helping you. Fourth great truth, God is eternal. He can keep, verse 8, he can keep our going out and our coming in from this time forth and forevermore. God's care for his people has no expiry date. Death cannot part you from him because God cannot die. 
Now, none of us can say, can we, that we will care for someone forever. Firstly, we know we'll let them down, we're not perfect. Secondly, we know one day we'll be parted from them. Our wedding vows include the line, till death do us part. Our commitment has to have an expiry date. And I know that some of you are walking through the painful experience of that expiry date right now. But here's the comfort for you. Here's the comfort for all of us. God never has to say that. God never leaves. God is eternal. Death will not part you from him. In fact, your death will bring you home to him. And then fifth and finally, and this is perhaps the key thing for us to see this morning. What is it that the helping, personal, self-sufficient, eternal God is doing today? What is it he's doing for you? He's keeping you. He's keeping you going step by step and day by day towards his presence, his city, your forever home. Do you notice the repeated word in this psalm? Keep. And the one who's doing the keeping in this psalm is always God. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel, his people, will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your coming in and your, your going out and your coming in. See, what is it that the pilgrim on that path towards Jerusalem most needs God to do for them? They need him to get them there. That they don't most need the journey to be easy or comfortable. They don't actually need the path to come with an explanation of its route. They just need God to keep them walking the path step by step. They just need God to prevent any evil coming their way that would stop them keeping going. They just need God to prevent their own mistakes tripping them so that they fall off the path. They just need God to prevent the circumstances from becoming too hard for them to keep walking. God helps his people by keeping them going. And it's the same for us today. If you woke up trusting Jesus this morning, it's because God kept you going since yesterday. If you are clinging on to faith, you're surrounded by hardships, you're assailed by questions, you're battered by disappointments, you're beset by sin, but still you're just able to say, I trust Jesus. If that's you, then that's evidence that the maker of heaven and earth is your keeper. Because left to ourselves, we would stop. Left to ourselves, we would step off the path. Left to ourselves, we would go back to our world we have. We have God as our helper. And he who began a good work in us, as Philippians 1 says, he who showed us the new Jerusalem and called us to walk towards it through this life day by day, he who began a good work in us will carry it off to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, when we reach the eternal shining city that we're walking towards. God is our helper, and he helps us by keeping us going. So let me ask you, what are the problems that you're facing? What are the worries that you're contending with? What is the great fear that lurks constantly on the horizon of your life? 
Look, I know some of the burdens that some of you are carrying. And I also know that for many of you, I don't know the half of it. But God knows what you are dreading that may lie just around the corner. And the God who made it all is with you all the time. And the glory of his presence lies ahead of you beyond all those corners that you're dreading walking around. So when we feel overwhelmed by what's around us or by, by what's within us, and I guess we've all felt overwhelmed at times these last few months, I know that certainly I am. When we feel overwhelmed, we can lift our eyes. We can lift them higher than ourselves so that we don't try and rely on ourselves. We can lift them higher than those around us so that we don't rely on those who love us but cannot always help us. We can lift them higher than our problems and our anxieties so that we don't give in to panic. We can lift our eyes to the God who made heaven and earth. Lift them to our eternal, self-sufficient, intimately involved helper God. We can lift our eyes and sing, my help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. We can lift our eyes and pray, Lord, you made all of this. And I know that you could have prevented this circumstance that I'm facing, just as you could have flattened the mountains around Jerusalem. Lord, I'm not sufficient in myself to walk this path without giving in to fear or anger or stepping up. Lord, please help me. Please keep me day by day. For on the hardest days, we can just lift our eyes and pray, Lord, help. And as you do that, you can have even more confidence than an 8th century BC pilgrim that your God really is there and that your God really will help you. Why? Why can you have such confidence? Well, firstly, because you know that your God has actually walked this narrow path ahead of you. The New Testament letter of Hebrews tells us, uh, calls us in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, to run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, it says, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and then sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. God himself has lived on this earth. And Jesus walked through danger and difficulty and heat day by day by day. And he looked up to his father in heaven every step of the way, all the way to his cross and through his death and onto his resurrection and his ascension into glory. Now, why did Jesus walk that path? So that he could make a path that leads you to him. The Gospels are the account of just how determined God is to help you, to bring you home to the life that you were created for. So determined is Jesus to have you with him that he, the maker of the mountains, died on the side of the mountain so that you could be welcomed into his presence at the end of your journey through this life. And not only that, but the God of this creation has come still closer to his people than that. 
by his spirit. In the 8th century BC, in the temple, God was near to his people. In the 1st century AD, in Jesus, God was alongside his people. Today, today, by his spirit, God is in his people. So Christian, you are never on your own. You are never without help. He is with you. He is in you to keep you going towards seeing him face to face, step by step and day by day. If you're not a Christian here this morning, maybe you're realising that you would love to know God in this way. You're realising that you can't navigate life on your own. You certainly can't navigate through death on your own. The great news is you don't have to. You can know God like this. You can have this life, not an easier life, no, but an infinitely and eternally better. Just ask him. Just ask Jesus to be your God, to be your help, to keep you on the path until you reach eternal joy with him. Just ask him. Because, Christians, that is where the path ends for us. Perhaps this morning, the new Jerusalem seems a long way away for you and the path seems very narrow and you're tired alone, or frustrated or frightened and that's okay it's okay to feel like that we are pilgrims and it's hard but what do people do when they're scared one of the best things they can do is sing So here's our song for each day of the journey. Here's our song most of all for the hardest days of the journey. Here's our song till the day we get to the end of the journey and are home with Jesus. Here's our song. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the maker of heaven and earth. We thank you that you are the Lord of the circumstances that we are walking through personally now. If the path is hard, we know it's hard because you made it so. And it may not be the path we we would have chosen, but Lord Jesus, help us to trust that it's the path that you know will lead us home. And Lord Jesus, we thank you that by your spirit, you are with us on the path. And we thank you that by your spirit, you have kept us walking the path day by day. Help us to remember that you help us by keeping us going in faith. And so however our life looks like this morning, whatever the worries whatever the fears, whatever the disappointments, would you lift our eyes to you? Would you lift our eyes so that by faith we see you and we know you as the one who keeps us, the one who loves us and the one whose presence lies before us? 
please keep helping us day by day. Amen.